Hi, welcome to my mum's show. <laughs> Hi ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening, welcome to episode 89 of the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you're here and I can't believe that I'm almost at 90 episodes just quietly. Oh my God, you know, it's funny, like a random statistic for you, I think is that most podcasts don't get get past seven episodes. So yeah, I feel very excited that I'm almost at a hundred and I don't even know what to do. I feel like I should have a party or something. (laughs) So super exciting. This podcast is something that, you know, really means a lot to me and really started as a passion project. So I'm thrilled that it's still going and that I have so many loyal listeners. So thank you so much to you for listening. And if you haven't listened before, I just want to welcome you to the show. My name is Julia Husher and I'm the host of the show and I'm the founder of Single Mother survivalguide.com. So pop on over and have a look. If you haven't before, you can read all the blog posts. You can see all the episodes of this podcast and you can also find out how to work with me one-on-one if that's something that you feel like you could really use the one-on-one tailored support. Please get in touch with me. I'll put all my links in the show notes as well. I would love to hear from you. So yeah, um, I'm really excited about the guest that I have on today. She's so amazing and so inspiring and she's come out of this horrible situation and she's really risen and, you know, made the most of life and she hasn't taken what's happened as a reason to play victim and be a victim of circumstance or a victim of life. She's really a true example of someone who shows that it's mindset. Mindset is everything. So, I really hope you enjoy it, this episode. Um, As you listen to this, we are just on our way to Perth on the day that this comes out. So my daughter and I will be flying today and on the 25th of April. And yeah, my daughter's about to have a week with her dad. So that'll be really nice for her. And I have booked myself a hotel for five nights, which I'm really excited about because, you know, it's nice to just have a bit of a rejuvenation opportunity and I don't get that very often so I am really looking forward to that and then I'm staying with a girlfriend for two nights at the end so yeah I've got a few things planned which I'm really looking forward to I've got a lot of work planned as well and I've got downtime planned so I'm very excited actually but of course I can't wait to see my daughter again when we fly home in one week anyway I won't go on any longer because I'm really excited for you guys to hear this episode. I'm a bit, I'm sorry about my voice. It's a little bit funny. I've been a little bit sick. Anyway, I hope you really enjoy this episode. Okay, let's get into it. I am absolutely delighted to have the co-founder of Wild Tribe and single mum, Tracy McPhee on the show with me today. Hi, Tracy. How are you? I'm well, Julia, and you? I'm really good, thank you. So just to start off with, tell us a bit about you. You know, where do you live? Um, how many kids do you have? How old are they? And how long have you been a single mum for? Um, so I live in West Australia. I've got two kids. They're 18 and 21. And I now have a brand new nine-day-old granddaughter. <laughs> So exciting. Congratulations. Oh, look, thank you. It's, um, until you get there, there are no words to describe what it feels like. It's, 
you know, the love that you have for your own bubbers when they come, but then when a grandchild comes, it it just becomes something something again. This love that you have just absolutely, you know, explodes in your heart. It's incredible. Oh my god, I can imagine. Was it your son or your daughter who had who's my, had a my son? son. Yeah, 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 my son. And and I witnessed Freya being born and I oh witnessed my, my son become a father. Oh my god, that's so beautiful. Yeah. I actually can't wait to be a grandma. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the coolest thing because at the end of the day, I'm not responsible. Yeah, exactly. You've done the hard yards. You've done your job. Yeah, girl. And, and my last name's McPhee, so I am quite beautifully Nanny McPhee. Nanny McPhee. I love it. Yeah, so, so back, to your, back to your question, Julia. I've been a single mama for five years. Um, but you know what? I, I, when I was married, I was a FIFO wife. So in West Australia, that means a fly-in, fly-out wife. So I've pretty much um, been raising kids on my own pretty much since they were born. Yeah, tell me about that because you were a FIFO mum for basically all your years of parenting. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah pretty your, much. Since your son was born or a little bit later. Yeah, um, but you you were five a month for seventeen years. Yeah, that's tell me right. about that, and and do you think that helped you, you know, transition into single parenthood? Oh, look, look, you know what? Absolutely. So um, the FIFO lifestyle was not one I wanted. And to be fair, it wasn't one that my my previous husband wanted either. It, we just we just you know we fell into it. Yeah, so that. many people do. It's so like luring and then once you're in this situation where the salary is really good it's hard to get out of you're in this cycle yeah look it really is and and back in our day so to speak you know the Telfer days the days of big mining they used to be awful swings so um my previous husband he'd be away six weeks at a time oh my gosh yeah home for a week and then gone for six weeks there was no social media there was no Skype there was no Zoom there was no opportunity so he would he would ring me once a week and basically that would consist of me crying, I love you, come yeah. home. And it was, it was crazy. It, it was, they were crazy days. I, you know, I kind of look back and in, in every way I have gratitude to the woman it has made me become. But, um, you know, I, I loved my husband. So, you know, you talk to some FIFO wives, are like, yeah, I'm glad he's gone. I wasn't, I, I was <laughs> I wasn't like that. I, I loved him and it was it was a bit it was a bit yeah, crap. <laughs> yeah, right. See, I did FIFO ages ago back when I was working in mining. Um, but my swing was week on, week off, and I loved it because this is pre pre-child, of course. And I was like, yeah. this is great. I'm working for a week and then I come home and have a week off. I yeah. actually really liked the lifestyle, but it was full on. And I was one of those mums that you're talking about because my ex worked in the mines as well. And I mean, we were only together for a couple of months after mm. my daughter was born, but um I used to just like hang out for the day that he'd fly out back to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh my God, please get out of this house. I want it to myself. Driving yeah. me crazy. <laughs> and, and I get that when your relationship's on the decline. Like yeah. I hear that. I really hear that. But um, I think. When it's that, not. Yeah. But yeah. It's and we, hard. we, you know, I had my family young and, you know, they were big swings back, like I said, back in those days. And he could only ring me once a week. So I think, look. I think, you know, I, I grew up in Tasmania, lived in North Queensland, that's where my son Jay was born, and then, um, you know, headed over to the west, you know, the law of mining. And it, 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 but it did make me become who I am, you know. Like I, yeah. had to, 
I had to get my, you know, get my stuff together. I had to learn how to do everything. I live out on a property, so I had to learn how to fix the lawnmower and I had to learn yeah. how to, you know, and be able to move the tractor and, you know, I had to tail the sheep. And so there's a whole bunch of stuff that, that came from that, which, you know, I've got a lot of gratitude for, to be honest with you, Julia. It's really good and it's really, um, you know, at least I know that your relationship ended and you weren't prepared or wanting oh, that, but at least yeah. when it happened, at least you weren't like, shit, how yeah. do I do this? What do I do? Like you already had all those skills under your belt, yeah. so it's really good. To be, so, to be fair, my life didn't change a whole bunch in that context because, you know, um, my ex was in China by that stage and, you know, you know, like you said, it was a huge, I had zero idea. I'm one of those gals. I had the blinkers on. All the signs were there that he was having an affair. I, I didn't have a clue. It's crazy. <laughs> Before we go into the ending of it, tell me about, the relationship history when you were together because you met quite young didn't you you met was it you were teenagers yeah yeah we went to school together he was he was my best friend and you know I I loved him dearly you know we we were that couple that sickening couple that finished each other's sentences we had the same ideals we had the same ethos we you know to be really fair with you I guess you could say we were the couple that shouldn't have ended up in divorce yeah we were that close, you know, and, you know, we, we loved each other. We, we met in a little coffee shop down in old Hobart town and um, <laughs> it, was, it was love at first sight. It really, really was. You know, we were both like, you know, 15 years old. Yeah. And so how long were you together for All Up before it ended? Um, oh, crazy. Look, 26 years. It's crazy, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like that it ends after that long. So yeah. tell me, let's talk about the ending of the relationship, if you mm. don't mind. Like how, like you mentioned a betrayal. Mm. How did you find out? Was it a shock? You know, yeah. in hindsight, were there signs? Yeah. How did that play out? So, so how that played out, I, I suppose, like I guess the last three years of my marriage, you know, he was in China and that was a big game changer. FIFO is one thing, but working out of China where there were opportunities for going to pubs and yeah. bars. So it became that. So, so Was it still six weeks on, one week off, or was he pretty much just living there permanently? He was four and one, but basically mm. I would just get the shits and say, look, you, you live in China. Like, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, by then I had teenage kids and, you know, if any mamas out there are listening, you know, teenage kids are so different from little ones, you know. They require so much more. They, um, you know, they start to challenge you at every aspect. So I was sort of saying, you know, I, I need you to come home. I miss you. So most of our conversations in the last probably 12 months were just me crying. Mm. I miss you. I've had enough. I've had enough. And then I threw out the D word. If you don't get your ass home, I want a divorce. Thinking he'd go, crap, I need to get yeah. home. But what, it, what, of course, I didn't know Julia was that he was having an affair. And, you know, she's, you know, she's Chinese. She was in her early 20s. You know, we're in our, you know, at that point, very late 30s. And so I, I think he just got lost. He, I think he just got lost in the mess of um, being away, feeling completely disconnected. Because when he did come home, he would sit at the dinner table and me and the kids would have this whole dialogue and conversation. And, you know, and he said to me after, he goes, I just didn't feel like I fit anymore. It must be really hard to feel so detached and like physically be as well for so long so detached from your own family and to Absolutely. feel like an outsider. Look, look, absolutely. And, and in every way that whole scenario played out terribly, like it was a terrible divorce. And you know how I found out? Um, his, his 
I don't know, girlfriend, floozy, whatever you want to call yeah. it. And I won't be mean. I won't be mean. <laughs> Suffice to say, she sent me a photo of them in bed together. You are joking. I am not. What? So, yeah. So I, I had no idea. So she basically put claim, like, I want your man. And I don't what want the to. the actual fuck? Who does I, that? Did like, he know about that? Well, it's quite curious because he was home when it happened and I sort of, I, there's a bigger scenario, but he had sort of said the, the swing before him, he'd come home and goes, look, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I need a break. You know, you know, I don't know what's going on. I, I, and he started crawling in bed and he's bawling his eyes out. I'm like, what's wrong? Tell me, just, just tell me. He goes, I've had a one night stand. And I went, and, and my response was, well, well, that was, that was really shit. What did you do that for? And what so was this after you got the photo? No, this was just before. All right. Okay. So, yeah, so I, I, I don't think he got the response from me that he was expecting because I sort of said, well, okay, well, that's really shit, but what are we going to do about it? Like, I don't want that to ruin our lives. Like, I'm angry yeah. with you, blah, 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 blah. So he's crying and I'm consoling, which is a curious scenario. Yeah. And then so, so after that point, it just, it just went into a, a, a crazy slide. So he flew back to work, obviously told her, hey, my wife didn't, you know, didn't want to cut my balls off. What am I yeah. going to do about this? Because he obviously didn't want to feel like the, the bad guy. Yeah. And so she took matters into her own hands and flicked me a photo. And Jesus. Yeah. And it, and it went from there. She was, you know, she bullied my daughter and I went to the police. Oh. There was a whole bunch of, yeah, look, it was shit. There was a whole bunch of things that happened which, you know, were out of my control because she's in China. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I wasn't able able to you know, inter- intercede on any interaction that she was having with my kids or any way that she could. She wasn't of- even that much older than your kids. No, no, no. My son, he's, you know, um, he's now 21. I think he, at the time he was, he was just coming in 17. And, you know, at, at, from what I understand at that point, she was about 21. Jesus. Yeah. My thought, my thought, you know, like I loved him, like he was my bogan, but in my head I think, <laughs> I was thinking, honey, you're 21. What are you, yeah. what are you doing with a bald, fat old dude? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, um, oh and, and I do say it so lightheartedly now, but, you know, to, to those of you gals listening, I was broken. I, you know, I, I laid on the floor for, look, I reckon a year and all I did was cry. Did you Did you consider working it out after you, like when you got the photo and you, I mean, you rang him, I guess, and mm. he, did he say that it was something that had been ongoing? No, he, he was very aloof for, for quite a while about it. He didn't want to, look, to be really honest with you, if she hadn't sent me that photo and I didn't start opening some fierce dialogue, I don't think he would have ever have told me. Yeah. I, think, I think he would have just come home. And he would have just kept this double life going on. No, I think that he just would have ended it and come home. That's that's what I really think. Oh, really? Yeah, and and, and he and I have had a conversation about it since and, and pretty much he sort of said that. And it's really curious, you know, he was in this space of, you know, I'm in love and it's fabulous. Meanwhile, I'm just like, you know. Heartbroken. Heartbroken. So he was really arrogant. Um, but I, but I tell you this, that changed. <laughs> yeah. That changed. I, I, um, I very quickly decided that I wasn't going to become a bitter, heartbroken ex-wife. I, yeah, I, I very quickly, I'm a, I'm a strong woman in my own right, even before this, but I very quickly decided that the best thing I could do for my kids and myself was to really authentically heal. 
So let's talk about that because what I find so interesting is, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of women listening right now who have um, dealt with such a betrayal and actually many of the women that I mentor have had a situation like this where they've, you know, had a betrayal like this. And, you know, hearing you speak and even laugh about it Mm. is really inspirational and inspiring to those who are like, oh, one day I'm going to be able to, you know, speak about it like like it's not a big deal, you know, like and it won't be such a thing. And and you will, for those of you listening, look, I I promise you, you know, if someone at the time when that, this is, I'm five years down the track now, and at the time if if one more person would have said to me, it's just going to take time, I'd have stabbed him in the eye with a fork. You know, <laughs> because I was I was completely fucked up. Yeah, I I, I was. Um, but I but I tell you this with all sincerity that um, you will come out the other end. But it's up to you how you come out the other end. Whether so you come out bitter or whether yeah. you come out as a strong, bold, divine woman. So how did you do that? How did you personally? heal after you know the the biggest betrayal that you could imagine so I think I think for me again sort of referring back to you know he was my soul he was he was my everything so we were that close um so what I what I kind of decided to do at that point was I'd already been involved in sacred women's work for many years um so so sacred women's circles um my background is in social work uh, originally, I'm not not that I've ever worked in the field because I found the red tape too hard. But my background at, at you know at university level is social work and psychology. So what I what I knew about that was that if I just kept swallowing my feelings and I allowed myself to blame him, blame FIFO working, blame you know a whole bunch of different factors, it was just going to make me sick. Yeah. So, so what I did was um, I just pulled up my big girl knickers and, and within my own field of work, I started running women's circles for women who were healing after betrayal. And what, what that actually did, because I was in the thick of it, I hadn't healed, but what, I, what I'm very good at is facilitating. So I thought, right, what can I do with my skill set? Because, of course, all my finances were pulled by then too. Yeah. You know, and that was messy. He sort of left me with nothing. So, you know, he's got 300 grand a year and I'm scratching for, you know, five cents. It's but, awful. Yeah, it was shit. But, but, but what I decided to do was like, okay, I need to, I need to do something. Especially after, sorry, especially after he was the one that fucked up. It's not like you were the one that screwed him around, you know, like far out. Even to this day, Julia, he's bewildered. Even to this day, he's like, well, I'm so sad and, you know, you've got the kids and the property and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, dude, you left me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you've only got yourself to blame, mate. You've only got yourself to blame, yeah. But, but oh, my God. Sorry, carry on. No, it's all good. It's all good. But so, so what I did is that I started doing the work that I needed to do and I, and I threw it out there into the universe to say, okay, who are the women out there right now that are hurting who might benefit from this and and that's pretty much how it began we sort of um again I'd, I'd been facilitating circles you know for 15 years prior to that but I just sort of it was a game changer and we looked at blame mm-hmm. we, we looked at how when when you blame somebody else you're completely and utterly giving your power away he mm-hmm. fucked up he had an affair all that is his shiz there's no you know that's the truth of it but if I kept saying well you know, it's everything is his fault, blah, blah, blah. you know, mm. I, I played a part in the demise of my marriage, you know, I, you know, I, I, and I looked at that 
Mm. You know, I, I looked at where I could have done things differently. I looked at where I could have, you know, improved on different situations and scenarios. And, and ultimately, I guess, within the women's work that I do, we started to explore those things. Mm. So is that when you, is that when you started Wild Wild Tribe? Yeah, that's correct. That's exactly what I did, you know. That's awesome. I gave up cigarettes, gave up drinking and started Wild Tribe. Gave up drinking. Oh, my God, what a time. (laughs) It's been like, give me all the alcohol you have. Well, well, I I just knew, I just knew for me, I just knew that that path was going to take me into a whole pile of Yeah. It would have made it worse. Yeah, yeah, it just would have made it just a shit ton worse. So I, so I decided at that point, you know what, I'm going to get gritty, I'm going to get dirty, and I'm going to dig into my wounds. And not just my wounds from this, but, you know, the, the, the little girl wounds and, and, the, and the parenting wounds and the child wounds and all the wounds that we as women carry in our hearts, on our souls. Yeah. Um, so, I, so I did that. <laughs> That's amazing. Mm, mm. So it was really kind of embracing the grief, not yeah. playing the blame game and yeah. really working on something that you were really passionate about to help others that kind of got you through that time, I'm hearing. Absolutely. You know, I'm, I'm very passionate about sacred feminine revolution and, uh, you know, to, to explain that and unpack that just a little bit, it's about women rising up in celebration of each other. And and this is not, I am definitely not a man hater. That's not my gear. No. Um, suffice to say that, you know, feminine revolution is about us as women banding together in celebration because, you know, like I'm nearly 44. So my age demographic, like when I went to school and all that, there was that whole, oh, she's on herself. And, you know, if you, if you played a big game, people just ripped you to shreds. It's so sad, isn't it? I think it's still oh. I think it's still quite common. Like yeah. I think there's so much competition between women and there's not yep. like... I don't know. Like I've, I find I've noticed it a lot. Like the opposite is true. A lot amongst single mums, I feel like there's this real sisterhood and this real yes. kind of, you know, single mums club. Women supporting women, and I love yep. it. I really love it. But there's still like this. You see this kind of, I don't know, judgment of other yep. people and competition, Absolutely. and it's so sad. Well, it, it's also so unnecessary. Yeah. You know? Women, women have been gathering in sacred celebration of one another since time immemorial. You know, like we sat in the teepees, we sat on the land, we sat in the sewn circles, we birthed babies together, even right up to Avon and Tupperware. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, it's women coming together to support each other. And, you, and you're dead right, Julia. Once I think you go through a tragedy such as this, and however that is for you, whether, you know, you're left, you know, an abusive situation or a domestic violence issue or betrayal, whatever that, you know, whatever that looks like for you, it changes you down to your bones. Yeah. You know, it it does. It changes you down to your bones. And I think when you can look at another woman, like, dead in the eyes and you can say, I hear you, sister. Yeah. You know that they know. Yeah. You know, I don't know your pain, but I know what that pain felt like for me. Yeah. And it it does, it changes you. It's really nice. It's really, yeah, it's, I don't know, I actually posted this article yesterday on my Facebook page about like this, um, just about like the, the, the tribe of, you know, how the tribe of female friendships can help you. And Mm. they say like there's a lot of scientific evidence sort of that backs up um, women who have, you know, really great connections with other women, like the female friendships is so good, has so many benefits. 
Look, it has so many benefits from so many different aspects. If you can take um, supportive female tribes, circles, whatever you want to call them, and, and you start witnessing one another. And that is very different from having a goss over a cuppa with your, you know, with your bestie. When you start to witness each other's story from a space of um, not needing to rush in and fix, not need to give advice, but just allowing another woman to tell her tale, it is a game changer because I think sometimes it's just in vocalising and I think also it's the capacity for women to dig in deep and listen because often when someone's talking, you've got your own dialogue going on for yeah. what you're going to say next, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it's the way people listen. It's either listening to, um, you know, disagree or <laughs> listen yeah. to tell your side of the story or your thoughts or yeah. it's not really listening. It's it's rare that people really listen and mm. just stop and be in the moment and listen to understand. Oh, look, I, I that's what a lot of my work is centred around is really just, you know, listening from a space of witnessing another and especially back to, you know, like you're saying with the single mama tribe, it. You know, if we can just, back to that sort of idea of, you know, authentically healing, if we can just listen to each other, not give yeah. advice, not, you know, but just just listen to our stories, listen to our tales, listen to, you know, one woman's way of, oh, well, this is what I did, you might find that that might be just that little tiny golden spark that allows you to scrape your ass off the bathroom floor and go, you know what, and if revenge is your word, <laughs> the best revenge is to have a freaking kick-ass happy life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it, it really is that capacity, you know, to listen to someone else's story and go, well, well if she did it, yeah, well, I, I, I can do that. I think exactly. I think there's so much just knowing that you're not alone and that other people, because oh sometimes it feels like you are, you know, especially if you're in a situation like you don't know any women who have, you know, their husbands have done that or have left a relationship. Yeah, and you feel like, like, you yeah. know, realistically yeah. there's other women out there, but you're like, oh. well, where are they? Because I don't know any of them. Like you yeah. feel like you're the only one in the world. You really do. And I literally, I didn't know any. And, you know, I'm, I'm not proud at all. You know, I've rung some helplines, you know. Meeting my doom was something that I considered because I was that sad. You know, I, I rang different helplines because at three o'clock in the morning, and I don't know if you other mamas out there, for me, that was my time where I just, I was ruminating. Oh, and just cry. Like, what yeah. have I done? Like, why does he want her and not me? And not even me. Why does he want that life and not the life that we built together? You know, we've got two amazing kids. Yeah. And, and I don't know, you know, how other, other people's stories have gone, but this has been a terrible situation for my kids my daughter she's angry still you know she was she yeah. was 13 when he walked out far out it's very um it's an important time in a girl's life mm, mm. what um are they angry at him yeah so um yeah my daughter she yeah she's she's super angry she's she's 18 now and she's she's really struggled because her father just he left it wasn't just, okay, I'm going to still talk to the kids. I'm still going to do. He just deleted us. He just, he walked out. Jesus. He went, he went away. He, and he was gone. And, and you know, the girl, and, and then through the, the delicious, you know, avenues of social media, all of a sudden these photos would start popping up of him on holiday with this young girl. Oh, my gosh. And, and so 
you know, for my daughter, that was she was devastated that yeah. you know her, her daddy, whom she loved, and he was a good dad. Let's not let you know, point no one that you know that her daddy was one day just completely out of the picture, out of the family. Mum's bawling her eyes out. I've gone from. Hey kids, welcome home from school. Have some muffins that I baked. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, you know, yeah, let's have toast. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I did that. Oh, look for for a good year. I was, you yeah. know, again, you know, it's again. I can laugh now, but it, it was shit. Yeah. So, so from her perspective, not only did she lose her dad, she lost her mum. Yeah, and, and she, it's kind of like, I mean, kids she, just take things so personally and why well, wouldn't you? Like for her, that's a, like a rejection. Yeah, absolute abandonment. Yeah. You know, absolute abandonment. And my son, he, you know, he gets, again, we live on a property, so there's just little things like, you know, like, well, he didn't fucking show me how to change the blade on the chainsaw. And, yeah. you know, he gets frustrated in a very different way, but he's also got more of my personality in that he's sort of gone, well, he misses out, especially now that we've got this delicious, beautiful little Freya. Um, (laughs) (laughs) She's a game changer, that little button. But but how sad for him. You know, he he messaged me. He knew that, you know, they'd gone into hospital. He messaged me a couple of days later, so what's happening? And I'm like, shit, she was born three days ago. What's happening a couple of days later? Yeah, well, he didn't, no one told him because oh. he, well, it wasn't, A, it wasn't my place. No. Uh, B, you know, like, dude, you checked out and you checked out from all the big things as well, you know. So what's, what's, his, what's his contact and involvement with the kids these days? Is it still just zero? So with with my son, it's yeah, and that's on you know his you know he has decided you know like you know, he loves his father. Let's be really honest, he he really does. They both love their dad. Yeah, but for their own mental health, sometimes you need yeah, to. Yeah, he's just kind of pulled back, and you know, he's a grown man now, and he'll talk to him you know if he chooses to, but it's on his terms now. Mm. Whereas my daughter it will do everything and is desperate for any scrap of attention she can gather from him. And it is not healthy because he he's that guy that, oh, your mother, well, mm. if your mother didn't blah, we'd do oh, it My ex oh, is exactly mother, the same. Yeah. <laughs> took everything from yeah. me. You know, I went 50-50, peeps, 50-50 in the settlement. You know, he took me back to court. This, it's a saga. I'll be telling yeah. you. Um, but in terms of, you know, my daughter, she, you know, she's, she's massively struggling. I don't know if any of you girls have got teenage daughters, but it's, you know, the, the vision that they have of their father yeah. and potentially the role of, you know, their dad should be their first superhero, mm. you know, and when they let them down, it's, it's, it, it's cutting. I love my dad. My dad is my superhero. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's terrible for her. Oh, it's so sad. How long did it take you? I know there's probably a lot of women wondering, like, oh my God, I want to know, like, when did it take, when did it take Tracy to feel so good? Because you, I mean, clearly are just radiating happiness. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's probably hard to put a timeline on it, but when did you start going, okay, this is really shit, like, mm. I could die to, oh, you know what, this is, I'm okay, I'm going to be all right, like, you know, I'm going to be okay, I feel stronger, to like, oh, my God, I feel fucking fabulous. Do you know what? I'm just going to be really honest. A good three years. Yeah. It really did. It really did. You know, you don't have a marriage like that 
and uh, a relationship and a love for one another. Our marriage didn't die because we didn't love each other. It was just a victim of circumstance, you know. Yeah. He'll t- and I know he'll tell me now, I love you, Ray, you know. Um, he said what? And, I love you. Yeah, yeah, and I, I know that, you know, but, you know, dude, yeah. Dun- Dunsky. But suffice to say, it, it did. It took me a long time, and and if you girls are listening, yes, I do sound upbeat. Yes, I do, and I am happy. But I, you know, I actively decided to heal, and that's the big difference. I think you know, my mother-in-law, his his mother, she was a bitter woman till the day she passed away, because she never healed. She was in blame, and you know, you meet a lot of women like that. So I had a really great role model for what I didn't want from this. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. You see a lot of men like that too. My ex is like oh, that. Hell I'm yeah. like, mate, you've got to sort yeah. yourself out because this is not healthy. Well, that's right. It's like projecting all this bad juju to someone and then, mm. you know, it's like taking poison and expecting someone else to die. It's like it, you, you're insane. You're, you know, it's going to manifest in your body. It's going to manifest in your mental health. You know, it'll ripple through your family, your kids, your grandchildren. It, it's, yeah. if you, act, you know, you, you can actively heal it. You, you really can, and I'm proof of that. Yeah. You've got to, um, I don't know, I always harp on about it, but I really think that what you focus on does become your reality. So if you're thinking constantly about how shit everything is and, yep. oh, if they hadn't done that and blah, 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 and yep. this wouldn't have happened and this wouldn't have happened, and blah, blah. if you're yep. dwelling on that, like how will you ever feel you positive? Won't. You've got you, to look for the good things. Look, Absolutely, and and it, and it is that is the truth as as I know it. So you know when you're in that space, you know, and and that's ultimately what I did. Like, and it was just a little bit at a little bit. You know, I I would use a lot of mantra. I'm a pretty spiritual woman, so a lot of mantra was really great for me in terms of like I would just sort of chant to myself um, because that was the only way I could kind of turn off my mind and I know some of you women out there are kind of going yeah I get that you know you're just rehashing the story rehashing the story and that happened pretty much 24-7 for the first couple of years it was just rehashing the story what could I have done you know and how can I get him back and all of that crazy stuff Mm. Um, and even though my mind thought that I never wanted him back does that make sense yeah 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 it was like my mind's way of getting back to the status quo because the other bit was scary. Yeah. You know, and, and it's so, yeah, you can do it, but you have, to, you have to be active and you have to decide for yourself, Julia, like you just said, whatever you focus on, that will be your reality. And even the people that you surround yourself where you're so vulnerable and so raw, that'll be your reality. If you surround yourself with man-haters, yeah. um, you know, it'll, it'll rub off. You know, yeah. there, are, there are some good men in this world. Totally. I really believe that. I think it's some, really hard for some single mums when they come out of a relationship, they're like, oh my God, men suck. And, you mm-hmm. know, I'm like, they don't. It's not all men. Like, Hello. there are some really good men out there. It's just, yeah. you know, some of us have been unlucky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we have. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's the co parenting relationship like with your ex now? Like, do you guys speak regularly about the kids or are you in yeah. touch or? No. He's just not interested. Like my, my daughter's got a lot of mental health problems. Um, I've had her in, you know, uh, mental health, you know, scenarios and hospitals and such. And I, I've rang him, you know, in China, like, please, I'm begging you, you know, bawling, lost my shiz. You know, I, I need you to, you know, call her. I need nothing. Oh you know, every God. now and again he lands the phone and it'll just be what? 
What? <laughs> yeah. But but the flip side of that is really curious as well. His his mother passed away last year and he rings me and he's bawling on the phone because yeah, I know his mother. You know, the girlfriend, she don't know her. Like, yeah. You know, so and, and I'm. So they're still together. I, I think they have an on and off. I don't, I don't I don't really know I don't really engage um I really don't know I, but I, I think yes yeah you know people I don't know what your listeners get but people like to tell you that's been my thing oh did you hear that blah blah you know he's done blah and I'm like you know what I don't want to know yeah you know Just back back off and those people have actually left my life now because um you know, that's that's ultimately what I wanted. I don't I don't I don't need the gossy, crazy stuff, you know. No. But buddy, I really wish you well. Yeah. But it's hard in terms of co parenting because you know well, like my, because there is no co parenting. Yeah, well that's the thing, you know, and like I've got my daughter, um, she's actually in Tasmania at the moment because she's she's really struggling. She's got a lot of mental health problems post this and abandonment issues, but he's the one that she's in contact with. So she'll ring me and go, Well, dad said blah 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 and oh you've always been like this and blah blah. So he's doing that. Mm. Yeah, and all I can do is just because she is an adult seemingly. Um, from that, that that perspective, what I've decided to do with that is just to sit and wait. Yeah, it's wait. you can't get involved in the game. You like it's crazy, but I think it's because they haven't resolved their issues, mm. and that's my ex with me. I, I'm I'm dead keen. Like when his mum died, I was on the phone to him for about an hour and a half because I legitimately felt for him. Mm. Now, I loved the man I married. I don't like who he is now, but I loved that man. Yeah. So I kind of listened to him. But if I rang him and needed help, he, he wouldn't give me the time of day. Yeah. Not that I not that I would actually reach for him. To be fair. Yeah. But it was curious that he still he still reaches for me. He bought a yacht and he rang me. And he goes, "Hey, babe, can you can you sort the insurance out on it? This is like two years later. Can you sort the insurance what? out on this?" Yeah. And I went, "Hey, babe, you need to ask your girlfriend." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's oh, pushing like crossing some boundaries there. Yeah, with, with the babe and the um, why why would you be doing his life admin? That's ridiculous. I know, but again, that's, <laughs> that's what happens after such a long relationship, I guess, too, and and a relationship that was you know so fluid, and you know he was the other half of me, and and yeah. me him, and I, and I know that he would say that. Yeah, uh, you know, so I mean, I mean, probably wouldn't say that now. Probably he'd just say, "Well, she's just a fucking bitch," but, <laughs> <laughs> but that's okay too. <laughs> So, like you meant, you were mentioning your daughter and how it's been really hard. Has that been one of the most challenging parts of this whole situation? Yeah. Look, absolutely. I'm a growing woman who took the bull by the horns, so to speak. I have zero control over how my kids could heal from this. How have you, like, how have you dealt with it? I'm just wondering. I'm sure there's people listening who are in a very similar situation whose kids are struggling. What yeah. do, what do, what have you done to help her, or what you know? Any so, advice? Look, all advice is completely um, dependent on the situation. So um, she was initially in a private school; she wouldn't go to school. So I moved her into another school. I moved her into another school um, at her demand. Ultimately, what happened is I lost my power in that moment mm-hmm. as a mother because I was so broken. Um, and I, I, looking back, I made decisions that probably weren't in her best interest, but she was just so forceful. And so she just wouldn't go to school. I'm not going to school. And then she sent me here and weeks would go by. So I, so I buckled 
And I yeah. sent her, you know, I sent her because I just wanted to get her education. And within that that context, there was pastoral care at this other school. Um, so she was getting some counselling and such, but it just wasn't helping. Um, at the end of the day, again, she's 18 and a half now and she goes to a, a, an organisation called Headspace. I don't know if you've got that over in the east. Um, oh, I have to look up. Yeah, look do look that up because some of your um, your listeners might be, um, you know, wanting to, to reach out to them because they've been fantastic. Um, but it's been on her terms and, and what you will find with your kids that are teenagers, generally it's on their terms in that they're figuring out, A, who they are. And that's going to happen whether you got divorced or left or whatever happened, happened anyway. So they're going to challenge your boundaries. And I think this just makes them challenge it in a different way. So with, you know, with my daughter, uh, at the moment, all I can do is sit on my hands and wait. She will figure out that her dad, who's only been in her life for six months, I might add, yeah. he'll get sick of it. You yeah. know, I, I hope for her sake that he doesn't. But, you know, he, he uses her as a sounding board to say, oh, your mother. Yeah. So eventually I'm hoping that she will figure that out because I can't defend myself because it's there's no point that I'm entering into the game. Yeah, exactly. You just can't get in could get no. involved in that. So I just, just kind of hold space for her. But it's that has been the hardest, dead set the hardest thing, because I actually can't um I can't help her heal. She has to want it for herself. Yeah. You know, Gosh, it's and so hard. It look, it really is. It it really is when, you know, she's just crying and crying and, you know, there's been violence, there's been police, there's been she's just, you know, there's been drugs. She went down a path. Um and, and this was the, the little girl that oh, I mean, I was the girl guide leader for seven years, you know what I mean? Like yeah. she's been she's been raised in a very loving environment where, you know, she's been empowered to be herself. Yeah. Um, to this train wreck, basically, based yeah. on abandonment issues from a dad. Yeah. And, and me, to be fair, and me. I guess there'd be a level of abandonment that she would feel from me because I was so... You were grieving. Yeah, and I was in deep grief for such a long time. Yeah. Well, I guess all you can do is just ride the wave and um, be there for her and um, just, yeah. I sent her emojis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So with modern technology, there's this little thing called um, Bitmoji and I've got bright red hair so I've made this little character person thing and it says all these groovy things. So I just sent her like, good morning, and it's a photo of this little and I've got a, like, a little witch's hat on, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's all these different things like, you are the best. And so I just, oh. I just, you know, I just, you know, I might get back, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, I just. I just try and hold that positive shining light for her. And, and I hope one day she'll look at me and she'll go, okay, my mum crawled through the glass and she's still here with me. I, I hope that, Exactly. Yeah, not from my own ego but so that she feels valued. I'm sure she will. Like it's just hard to know because being a teenage, a teenage girl is mm. hard regardless. You know, oh like God. all teenage girls, well, maybe I probably shouldn't generalise, but like most well, teenage okay. girls can be little shits, Dead you set. know. So, and this is obviously not helped, but she'll get through it. She looks, she will. And I think, Julia, I think it'll be the making of the woman that she will be because yeah. she will then get to my age and be able to look another woman in the eye and go, I hear you. Exactly. You know, from a real space of having a true understanding of, of pain, you know, and you know, I'm not saying that that's so much a good thing, but it, it broadens your scope um, for understanding life, I think. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, so when you became, you know, when the, your marriage ended and you probably had this moment of like, oh, my gosh, not only has my marriage ended but now I'm a single mom. Yeah. How did you feel about that and did it change much? I guess logistically not much would have changed for I mean, obviously emotionally and financially, but what changed and how did you feel about being in the single mom club? Um, I felt ashamed, to be honest. I felt left on the shelf. I felt, um, you know, I'd been a stay-at-home mum. I've always worked, but I've always worked for myself. So I'd been a stay-at-home mum and then, you know, he, the second swing back after he'd said, that, that, that's it, you know, this had all happened and he was very arrogant. He, he marched me into the bank, shut all our bank accounts and left me with nothing. Um, so, so basically what I had to do is go um, in terms of change is I, I had a little part-time job. I'm a fitness instructor. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, so I went, okay, what am I going to do? And, you know, I kind of reached out. And what was really curious about that, there was a couple other, because I, I kept my story on the down low for a while and I've always been very... And healthy. why is that? Because, you're, because you just ashamed. wanted to... Because you're ashamed. ashamed. I, yeah. I felt shame that my husband, you know, walked out on me and, and that my husband didn't choose me, basically, and didn't choose my family and didn't choose our way of living, that he chose a young Chinese girl and China. And if yeah. anyone, and, and believe me, I just want to make this really clear as well, I'm zero racist. This has nothing to do with that context. Suffice to say that, um, and I've travelled through China, um, you know, it's just different. It's just a different way of living. And, and anyone who goes anywhere in any place of the world, I've travelled quite a lot, and we celebrate those differences. But yeah. in that moment in my life I couldn't understand why he wanted that kind of different yeah do you know what I mean so um yeah it was it was it was just really really crazy like how I was gonna you know join this single mama's club but but what happened is that you know people started to bubble out of the woodwork so over a very quick amount I'm talking maybe two weeks I dropped 15 kilos Oh my god! Um, just grief, and I—I I was always—I, was, I, you know, I'm—I'm I'm not a, a, a rounded woman, so 15 kilos took me to bones. Oh. And um, so, so what happened was that people started to notice something was wrong, and then I was teaching for all you body pumpers out there. I love body pumps. I, <laughs> I was teaching a pump class, and we were at the cool down and the cool down song was really sad and I lost my shit in front of my whole class. Oh, really? Yeah, I was bawling my eyes out and they're like, we knew something was wrong. And oh, my they, gosh. Well, I live in a small country town, so. Oh, okay, I'm just trying to imagine if that happened at my body pump class. I don't know <laughs> what people would do. Yeah, no, we all, we all have a really, you know, we, we know. It. Yeah. So, so, yeah, and but, but that was the catalyst for beginning the healing because, you know, after that moment, sort of words started to creep around again small country town yeah but women that I hadn't really had much contact with then started to contact me and go oh well actually this happened to me wow and you know can I help you can I you know what and and so that was the moment I guess if there was to be any one moment it was that moment where I went you know what I want to actively heal and this and I also my bigger brain my wild tribe brain went there's something here that I can moving forward one day be part of um the sacred revolution of helping women get through this yeah oh it's so amazing mm. i'm a really big believer in like everything happening for a reason and yep. the universe just kind of 
guiding us on yeah. you know our path not saying that things will just happen and whatever's meant to be will be like don't even mm. bother trying to get a job if you're supposed to get the job it'll just come to you like no, not, nothing like that you got to get you yeah you got to do stuff <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like just the universe kind of giving us a little nudge and um mm. for you it was more of a shove but uh, (laughs) you know like things happen and um, Mm. you just you never know if it's because there's something you're supposed to learn or some kind of growth that's supposed to happen or you know like just so many good things can come out of these terrible situations. Well well, they really have you know now I I run my own show and I travel around the world so at Wild Tribe we run women's circles all over the world so in a couple of weeks I'm off to Morocco um, and then I'm running a soul journey through southwest England, one through Scotland. We're going to Egypt, New Zealand. So now I've got this amazing life. Yeah, tell me about like so what is <laughs> tell me about Wild Tribe. What what yeah. is it? Like what happens? What are these trips? So so um I was already doing the work before the blah, and I, I comfortably now call it the blah. The blah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So before the blah, I was already running Wild Woman Weekend with my soul sister Larissa. And um, so that was already sort of happening. And then um, it's just expanded. We've just had Wild Women Weekend um, last weekend. And it's just grown into this most amazing sacred vessel of support and celebration of one another. So that's our signature event. Um, We are now moving into creating a festival. So we um, started last year with our inaugural Sisterhood Rising um and this year is our second event and it's just expanding we we will take this to sort of um to to the level of festival and its intention is to create space where other women can come and teach workshops teach us what you know you know women can come and be in celebration there are art workshops dance workshops there are sacred circles um there's a whole bunch of um, i'm a yoga teacher as well so we do yoga so there's that that um as well and that's run over here in wa and it's then, amazing. I know, it's kind of cool, hey? And really then cool. <laughs> the soul journey sort of evolved out of my love for travel. And I, I like going to sacred places. So when we go to England, we um, create sacred circle in Stonehenge in the middle of the stones. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it really is because they're power places. And yeah. whatever your belief system is, you, you you know, you know, when you go to somewhere and you can make that, you know, the hairs on the on your arms yeah. stand up. So that's what we do. We go to power places around the world and we travel in sisterhood. And what we kind of find is that, that the women that come are either women who are single or women whose hubbies don't want to travel um and and they don't want to go alone and and they don't want to just do the you know the old Kentucky kind of giddy up with the flag they want to yeah. you know they want to do some fun stuff and do some chanting and some singing and it's a bit know. more spiritual yeah. yeah and we you know we drink pims at the pub and you know pims is very english i might add um, <laughs> you know so and then we drink sakara beer when we're in egypt um oh, that's so cool yeah it is it's, it's really cool so it kind of all evolved out of our basic ethos which is women in celebration of one another i love it that is awesome yeah so good Tracy, it's almost time for us to start wrapping up. But what I would love is, you know, whenever I have a single mum on the show who sort of shared some of her stories, I love to ask them and sort of finish up with, you know, finish it up on a bit of a positive note, um, which is, you know, what are the benefits that you have encountered as a single mum and any advice that you have for someone going through what going through right now, maybe what you went through five years ago, or even just for a new single mum? 
So in terms of the benefits uh, now, not five years ago, but now the benefits, I do whatever I want. Yeah. <laughs> I go wherever <laughs> I want. I'm in charge of my own destiny and in my own life. And, and maybe in a marriage I should have had those things too. But, you know, as a single mum, that's sort of where I've, where I've got to in terms of the benefits. Not only that, um, you know, now that we have dear Freya, um, I... You know, I, I I'm the nanny, and yeah, there's no there's no granddad, but you know, I'm the nanny, and they're here, and and my family have stayed with me, so I guess that's that's one of the benefits of that. And then within my own work, it is God, it has taught me so much about myself, yeah. and I I just want to be able to share that with as many other women as I can because. You know, moving forward, it's it's bloody hard work, and you've got two choices, gals. You can do it or not. And both of you, both of those choices will give you very different results in terms of how you live your life. And one thing I will say in terms of what I did learn, initially I jumped on Tinder, (laughs) I did it, I swiped right, um, out of the feeling of being left on the shelf. So what I would suggest, you know, strongly is get to know you before you potentially start to seek another. I mean, I've been single for five years. I've had very little encounters within that space. Uh, because it because uh, it was about me and my kids. Yeah, you know, I needed to heal before I could even consider um, being a good mum, and then before I could even you know consider having a partner, I had to be a good mum again. Yeah. So I guess that's you know my little gem of wisdom. Take it right back to you. And no, it's not selfish. Don't let anyone tell you that you are not selfish by looking after yourself. Because if you don't heal, or if you don't grow, or if you don't choose to live well, it will just reverberate through the rest of your life. And you are the most important person in your life. Amen. That is <laughs> that is very good advice. It's yeah. and it's not selfish. And what you said about you know not launching into something new quickly mm. is, I think, as well, so important. There's so many women who jump into a relationship very quickly. You know, thinking yep. this is gonna. It's like a band aid solution. This is gonna yeah. solve all my problems. You know, this is gonna. Yeah distract me it doesn't at the end of the day you're still gonna go oh my gosh generally you'll attract the same situation Mm. you'll generally attract the same brand of man you'll generally attract that's been my observation that you'll attract the same sort of scenario and um you know so the universe just chucks it well have another go at it have another crack at it yeah (laughs) until you until you you get to that it's scary as all hell that you know, until you can look at yourself in the mirror and go, you know what, I got, there's something going on here, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, really from your heart space, love yourself and that'll be a game changer. Then you'll attract the right man, woman, yeah. whomever, partner. Um, yeah. then, you'll, then you'll attract, you know, you know, you can be the best mama that you can be and we don't always get it right. Let's be honest, girls, we don't. But, you know, at least you're giving it a red hot go from a place of love. Exactly. And you learn. You learn yeah. each time. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if you're listening and you'd like to get in touch with Tracy and even find out all about what Wild Tribe is about, her website is www.wildtribe.com and that's wild with a Y, not an I. That's it. And she's also on Facebook at Wild Tribe with a Y and Instagram at Wild Tribe with a Y. That's me. So, Tracy, thank you so much for your time today and thank you for being so raw and open and honest and, you know, sharing your story. I am convinced that this will really touch people's hearts and that, you know, you've helped women going through the same thing. So I really, really appreciate it. 
Oh, look, I just thank you for inviting me, Julia, and I, that is my intention. I, I, I genuinely, um, from my heart, just wish for all of you beautiful souls, just if you can hear one thing that either I've said or Julia that said that sparks you to go, you know what, I'm going to get my life back, I just full support and, and humble gratitude to you too. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Tracy. So lovely of you. <laughs> all right. Well, you have a wonderful day and um, I'll speak to you soon. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Wow. Tracy, thank you so much again for your time. That was really incredible. It was really nice to talk with you and I think um, so inspiring for people to know that even if you're feeling really terrible and if you're in the midst of grief or going through somehow dealing with, you know, an awful betrayal, that there's hope there's hope on the other side that it will get better and that you won't feel like this forever. And thank you to you so much for listening. I think, you know, the key points that I really got out of that were rising out of the ashes is possible, you know, and the way that Tracy did it is a really good way, you know, embracing the grief, firstly, not playing the blame game, really thinking about your thoughts and Um, you know, how you're processing it, connecting with women, embracing the sisterhood and, you know, realizing that it's your choice. You have a choice how you're going to live your life every single day. If you wake up, it's your choice to heal. If you wake up and think, I'm going to blame again today, I'm going to feel resentful and angry today, that's, you're making a choice, but you can choose to heal. You can choose to get out of this and Something else that I think is really important to note is that, you know, really good things can happen from horrible situations. And I do really believe in the power of the universe and things happening for a reason. And, you know, look at the way Tracy's life has turned out and how happy she is and how, I mean, she just radiates this happiness and this positive energy, you know, and I think it's just beautiful. So really good things can happen from bad situations. So hang in there. Um you know, if you want to connect with Tracy, as I mentioned, I'll put all her links in the show notes, but I've had a look at wildtribe.com and it's an amazing website, offers just amazing things for women. So, you know, get in touch with her on online on her website or through Instagram or Facebook, and I'm sure she'd love to hear from you. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email. I'm just at julia at singlemothersurvivalguide.com and I'll put that email in the show notes. It's a bit of a long one. And you can also connect with me on Instagram and Facebook. I'm just at singlemothersurvivalguide. I'm always hanging out on Instagram lately. I love it. So yeah, come and say hi. And you can pop over to my website and read all my blog posts and have a look at all the other podcast episodes And you can also, there's a link there where you can request to join the Single Mother Survival Guide Support Forum, which is a Facebook group for us all to connect and get in touch with each other. And if you like, you can also book in a 30-minute complimentary clarity call in which we'll go over how I can help you one-on-one and what the current situation is and where you want to go and how I can help get you there. So if you want to do that, I've got a couple of girls that I'm working with who are about to finish up. So I'm going to have two spots available for May. I only always have four women at once because I want to make sure that I can give 100% to each one. 
And, you know, we don't just have our set sessions. The girls that I work with know they can contact me anytime if something's come up. And, you know, some of them I speak with on a daily basis. So if you want to do that for May, please get in touch with me. I'd love to hear from you. And if you've loved this podcast, I would love it if you could rate it in iTunes. It's so, so simple. You just go to the Single Mother Survival Guide podcast show in iTunes and then down the bottom you scroll down and there's a little thing where it just says ratings and reviews and you just literally have to tap the stars. It's so simple. So even if you've been listening to this podcast for ages and you haven't done it yet, I would be so grateful if you could do that because it really does make this podcast easier for new single mums to find. So that would be amazing. Thank you so much. And um, subscribe while you're there. I hope you've really enjoyed this podcast and I hope that you, you know, listen in again. So in the meantime, I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll speak to you next week. Okay, bye for now.